0: Listening to the Testudo Times Podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation's Maryland Terrapins Colossus. And welcome to episode 149 of the Testudo Times Podcast, where I'm going to ask a question that has many different answers, and all of them not very good answers. When did you stop watching last night? Thomas, when did you stop watching last night, even though you're technically the editor's site and
1: you weren't technically allowed to? So my cable shut off in the second half with about around 10 minutes left. My cable just shut off. My, like, yeah, I I tweeted this out. It was, I was like, all right, well, I'm not even mad.
0: (laughs) Well, I had quit a couple of minutes before that, to go beat Kingdom Hearts 3, which I hadn't done, and used that as an amazing opportunity to beat the game, and uh, I really wish I could have a chance to talk about the ridiculous plot of that game, because that's a lot more interesting than talking about what happened last night, but unfortunately, this is not a podcast about such information, and I encourage you to go to YouTube if you do care about that sort of thing, none of you really should. Lamar, when did you stop watching that game last night?
2: I never stopped watching, but like, it was was definitely... A period uh, right before the 7-0 run in the second half, like I, I had like tuned out of the game, uh, just, like, scrolling my phone, and then it was like, oh, that's a 7-0 run. I was like, oh, I guess I should look up.
0: I had the game on score tracker while I was fighting all of the bosses in that game, and I was like, oh, maybe they're making it a tiny bit more respectable naturally as I turn the game off, and I'm like, this doesn't mean anything. It's completely irrelevant. I did watch the game long enough to see Trace Ramsey come in, Does that mean I have accomplished something?
1: I think so. Okay. I think if you spot a Trace Ramsey in the wild, you get bonus points.
0: Him and Mona in the same game at the same time. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. Maryland winning by 30 against some team you've never heard of from the Northeastern Conference. guess that's an accomplishment. Okay, so So –
2: that, I guess that must have been when I had tuned out, because I'm going to be real. This is the first time I realized that uh, Trace Ramsey checked into the game he last was night. in
0: the game last night, right as I was about to turn the game off. Right as like, I, said, I thought, I not do this anymore.
2: Like, I was about to correct you. I was like, oh, no, Reese Mona. And then you said Reese Mona and Trace Ramsey were in the game. And I'm just like thinking, was like, when did that happen?
0: Check the box score. He was there. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was that terrible. Anyway, uh, we actually have to talk about that game as much as the other bit in my head that I was thinking about was um, that game didn't actually happen, but we do have to talk about it. So, Thomas, I'll ask you, uh, what the hell happened?
1: Uh, I think Maryland just kind of didn't really show up. I don't know. They, they left their game on the plane they took to Penn State, I guess. How do you it was... take a
0: plane from College Park to, uh, to there?
1: Because there's an airport right on campus, I think, or right next to campus in State College. It's a 30-minute charter. They were back home last night. It was fun.
0: Well, I don't think they want to stay there very long. I don't think many – Oh, many no. I mean, that's that's there. the
1: nice thing. The, the nice thing about flying to Penn State is you get to get out of there quickly.
0: As much as it doesn't it. Uh, really behoove you to stay there. Yeah. But uh, um, I, mean, I, I no, have no I mean, explanation for that.
1: Maryland has just had – they've had – I mean – We've talked about their slow starts for several episodes now, but this is—that was extreme, and it just never really got better. Like they—they they never found the rhythm they had found in other games. They only scored back-to-back buckets once in the first half, and when, when they got it down to eleven, I was like, oh, "Okay, okay, maybe." You know, it, it was eighteen, eleven so a seven-point game, and but then Penn State scored the next nine, and by halftime, they were up by 22, and I was like, oh, no. And Maryland, honestly, by the end of the first half, looked like they knew they were just dead.
0: Well, there was a time when there were a couple of calls that didn't go their way, not like it would have mattered. There was one where there was clearly a travel, and it wasn't called, and Penn State hits a three. Like, You know those stretches where it seems like the opponent's hitting everything, and Maryland can't buy a shot? That was the entire game last night, and, you know, we've talked about them having slow starts but being able to overcome them. We've talked about Bruno Fernando having slow starts and being able to overcome them, but just everything they tried, or maybe trying's the wrong word for that performance, nothing that happened worked. And I said Penn State is not as bad as their record looks, but I didn't expect Maryland to just completely not show up. If anything, I was expecting, oh, they might go in and play poorly and lose by, like, five or six, like... Michigan did nope that didn't happen and in many ways it's kind of like well their bad habits finally collapsed in on themselves and I can almost bet that they took this game a little bit lightly this is one of those weird trap games it's on the road that gym was mostly empty and you're playing Michigan on Sunday in a huge game at home pretty sure that they didn't take it as seriously as they probably should have
1: right I would imagine I mean that's really the only logical explanation for it Um you know, I think it's it's less so Penn State had, you know, the bad Big Ten record. I mean, any you know, a quick Google search will tell you that they were four and two and now are five and two in February and look like a completely different team. And they're a team that Maryland, you know, had beaten earlier this year, but you know, it wasn't easy. They
0: never that was a game well that them, no matter That how was a game that are. Anthony
1: Cowan, you know, needed to hit two big threes late. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always just kind of been a weird matchup for Maryland, and that building has been kind of rough to Maryland for whatever reason. It's odd,
0: because when you go there, you don't think, ooh, the Bryce Jordan Center, tough to win with all those blue seats in the crowd. I will make attendance jokes about Penn State basketball. I don't care.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, attendance jokes are kind of all we can do right now. We can't joke about their basketball team anymore.
0: Well, yeah, you still can. I mean, they're under five hundred, and, you know, they'll probably be out after one game of the Big Ten tournament. They won the NIT last year, which, congrats. I'll make fun of their basketball program all the time. I don't care. We know that Penn State exists solely for football. Anyway, But beyond that, let's talk about the actual basketball. It's just one of those things where I think that everything, Lamar, that Maryland had been doing poorly, they did poorly, and the other team played a perfect game, and then there's nothing you can do about that. I mean, there is, but if those two things happen at the same time, you're not beating anybody, and – That was the same thing that happened to Maryland, you know, kind of against Michigan State, but it happened a lot slower. You know, it's kind of what happened against Illinois, but that happened in the second half. In this game, it happened from the start. And the only good thing I could say about this game from that perspective is if you're going to have a clunker, you might as well get it out of the way now.
2: Yeah, and nothing they tried worked, but it also felt like the effort, not going to say the effort wasn't there, but the effort didn't seem to be there uh, and this is a team that we haven't really seen give up this season and to the extent to an extent they fought in the second half you end up winning the second half at like five but when you come in down 20 that's nothing uh, but nothing worked and yeah all their bad habits were on full display and the defense wasn't there which has usually been their saving grace their defense
0: was uncharacteristically poor everywhere and some of that was Penn State was making shots and again random bench player that does not play well usually ends up playing really well against Maryland that seems to happen all the time and it happened there I think Thomas I was reading Eamon Brennan at the athletic and I'm sorry for pumping athletic pieces if you don't have a subscription but it was a really good piece about how Maryland if they wasn't for the turnovers would be a really, really good team because they score over a point of possession. That's what they did against Ohio State on on Saturday. Uh, And the other thing that kind of stinks about this game is because Iowa and Wisconsin had lost the night before in somewhat similar circumstances, Maryland, if they had won, would have almost wrapped up a double bye. Now there's still a chance they don't get it. Now Iowa and Wisconsin play each other later on. But with a win last night, Maryland would have needed one win of their final two pretty much to wrap up a double buy. And now they might need to win their last two to get it. And that is a huge missed opportunity. And even though they play really well at home, Michigan and Minnesota are not Penn State, no matter how well Penn State played last night.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the Michigan game is the really tough one on that. Um, and Minnesota will be playing for its kind of tournament life. And so these these are not givens. I mean, now they're, they're tied in the loss column with Wisconsin. And really they're, they're you know it's kind of a coin flip because the team split the season series and the second tiebreaker is what's your record against the first place team and we don't know who the first place team is going to be and well, depending on here's who it the
0: is difference. they Wisconsin and Maryland could both be one and one against Michigan. They both are 0 and one against Michigan State and Purdue. I don't know if Wisconsin's played them twice. I don't think so. But Maryland's Maryland has a win
1: over them. Yeah, so Maryland might be able to win a tiebreaker.
0: That's a bizarre tiebreaker, by the way, when you think about it. But so Maryland might be able to get away with it, but they probably can't lose another game. And they would be asking Iowa to beat Wisconsin or something of that effect. And you know, you could go into speculation and scenarios on your own, but. That's what felt the worst about that game is, like, that would have made the final two games just a lot easier in terms of pressure. And now you got to go back home for this huge game. The building's going to be sold out. It's going to be a great atmosphere. And there's going to be an air of nerves and tension, as it always happens with Maryland basketball in games like this, right? And that should be a celebration. That should be a fun, bouncing atmosphere. Lift the roof off of Xfinity Center. It's not going to be quite like that at the start. If Maryland plays well, then it will. But you're going in against Michigan, and there's a lot less optimism than when we were, you know, at 625 last night.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and that's the thing is that Maryland played like it had nothing to play for, and it did because a double bye matters, I think, right?
0: I mean, I would think so, considering (laughs) Maryland hasn't won a tournament game since 2016, and winning a tournament game is important. And also... I don't know really how much it's practically going to affect their NCAA tournament seeding, but if they had started to really pick up pace, they could have reasonably gotten a four. They were at a five in most bracketologies, and this is going to go down as a bad loss. So maybe this knocks them down to a six, and you now need to start winning again in order to bump up your seed line. And again, you bump up your seed line, you get a better place to play. Maryland doesn't want to play in San Jose or Tulsa. Some of the bracketology had them in Hartford, you know, easier places for Maryland fans to travel. You know, and some of the bracketology also had them maybe playing in Washington if they could win two games. This all matters even in minute areas, but this game definitely matters, and you could argue Maryland played as if it didn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's what's, you know, sort of perplexing about it. And, you know, maybe they were looking ahead. Maybe they were. I think it's safe to say they were looking ahead. Sort of. Yeah, maybe they were just out of sorts or or something. I, I really don't know. I, I couldn't tell you.
0: Maybe they ate wonky lasagna. That's a reference to another sports team I like, and let's not go into that. They also lost yesterday, by the way. And if it wasn't for the fact that uh, I almost destroyed the remote watching that game, I almost destroyed the remote watching Maryland, too, but I held back because of what had happened earlier in the day. That is the perils of being a fan of the teams that I like. Uh, Lamar... I think there's so many things you could talk about with this game, but number one's got to be turnovers. And that is the bugaboo of every Maryland team since Mark Turgeon has taken over. It will be until he is not the head coach anymore. But Maryland has normally been able to overcome that. I heard on the broadcast last night, every single game but one in the Big Ten this year, they have lost the turnover battle. The only one they didn't was Indiana, and they tied. It is amazing to think what kind of team this could be if they turn the ball over four fewer times every game.
2: Yeah, and it's the type of thing where this is, a, like you said, it's the thing that's plagued Turgeon's teams before. And, like, it's gotten to the point where he's trying to figure out – he won't talk – he won't say the word turnovers, uh, or hasn't sent him at the last couple of press conferences. But, like, they've been talking about him as a team and, like, the team's talking about it. So it's one of those things where you have to figure out how much do you focus on it with uh before it's like a mental thing but also it's like costing games and it's something that uh thomas posted the where maryland Kempom ranked after the ohio state game uh and offense and defense and like you look at the teams that are the very few teams that are better than them on both ends and you wonder where this team could be if it just tightened up a little bit, didn't, and often stretches of a few minutes where they're, like, not paying attention, not totally locked in, and it's just dumb turnovers that can be, like, could be avoided, and then also just, like, ones where you're scratching your head.
0: You're always wondering with some of these turnovers. This isn't like, oh, that's great defense, shot clock violation. It's bad offensive fouls. It's passes to no one in particular, trying alley-oops when there's no need to. That was last night, and what can they do to fix it? Because I think most Maryland fans have now basically chalked it up to this is a systemic problem and it's never going to get fixed, and it's now can the team overcome it, which is something when it happens so often and there has not been a solution for it that has been tried and tested, then you could say it's systemic. And I think most Maryland fans would be right to say it's systemic, and it's now a matter of Maryland has to win in spite of it, right?
2: Uh, For sure, yeah. Uh, it's something that, like, it seems to be. Uh, Turgeon's teams have issues with turnovers, uh, and this team has been able to win in spite of it, which is.
0: They have six losses. Then a positive, and they've had a zero turnover margin once. Negative in every other game.
2: Yeah. So, if you told said uh, X team was going to turn over the ball more than its opponent every game, you would not assume that they do as well as this Maryland team has. And that says a lot to the talent level, but also, yeah, you just have to question it. It's like, where would this team be if they didn't turn over the ball? And how do you get that together? How do you fix that? How do you move forward to the point where even like a couple few couple fewer turnovers a game like raises the ceiling for this team
0: the other question thomas and i want you get you on this is i think you talked about it before it's like maryland also doesn't force turnovers that's the other problem and the issues with that come in when you don't when you turn the ball over a ton you cost yourself possessions and maryland averages over a point of possession most every game and if you do that you're gonna win a lot but if you can't you know keep possessions because you lose them and you don't gain extra possessions then you're going to have yourself a big problem and especially in one game settings where anything can happen i was remarking to somebody over a couple of days ago it's like i i really worry about the kind of team maryland could play in the tournament because we remember what happened against west virginia a couple years ago when maryland just got pressed to death and like maybe if they get the right stylistic matchup then they're going to be okay in the tournament's going forward, but if they get the wrong matchup, they could be wanted done really quickly, and that's the concern, because these problems are not ones that seem like they can get fixed in a practice or two.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the last couple of games, Maryland's transition defense had been better, and this time, it, it really wasn't anywhere near where it needed to be. It wasn't existent, actually. The... Correct. <laughs> um,
0: you don't have to sugarcoat it. We can say it yeah, bad. Yeah, I mean,
1: and that—that's been—that was sort of even the bigger problem because in you know some some other games that they had been winning, even when they had turned the ball over, the defense had been okay and they hadn't lost the points off turnovers battle that egregiously. Um, but it was
0: like eight nothing within the first four minutes last night or something. Yeah, and it
1: ended up being it—it it was eighteen nothing early in the second half, <sighs> and I think Maryland ended up. Which, which is almost, like, impossible.
0: Well, that's when it comes to when one thing goes so wrong and the other team is playing so mm-hmm. perfectly. You know, that is a thing that can happen. But even then, you're going like, wait, what?
1: Yeah, Maryland did force some turnovers down the stretch, but it But the game was over. It doesn't you know, matter. Yeah, the game was over. It didn't matter. And, you and know, it, it's it is, one of those like, things...
0: Off, and the shame of it is that they're coming off a good win against Ohio State, right? They're coming off a really important win against Iowa that kind of changed the trajectory of their season. You thought now they've turned the corner and maybe bad Maryland's going to go away. Well, no bad Maryland showed up for one game. And I, and I said this to Lamar earlier, the only good thing about it is if you're going to have a clunker, you might as well have it now because you've got two regular season games left and then two games in the uh, tournaments. At least you can't have a clunker in any of those. So if you're going to have a clunker, you might as well have it on the road on a Wednesday night in a half empty gym and get it out of your system. Now, that an okay way of thinking about it
1: yeah and maryland except um except after michigan state when they lost illinois they've bounced back pretty well from losses and you know particularly the seton hall loss which was you know really really frustrating to a lot of fans i mean obviously their first game after that was against radford and they didn't start well but they ended up playing very well in that game ended up winning their next six in conference play. And you know, but, but in general, they' they've rebounded North from Nebraska. those games. Mm-hmm.
0: They rebounded with Michigan with Iowa, and it's kind of odd. Like Maryland goes into playing Michigan on Sunday in the same way that Michigan came into playing Maryland a couple of weeks ago, where Michigan had just lost at Penn State and looked terrible. And then they go home and they play really well and win. And Maryland didn't play particularly well in that game, but got close. And now Maryland's coming home after looking like complete garbage against Penn State in their most important home game of the season, which that game was not for Michigan. But that's a really interesting dynamic. And they've got their last two games. And the equalizer is Maryland's playing at home. And they don't normally throw in clunkers like that at home. On the road, you can understand it. I mean, last year they did against Michigan. But that team, as we have learned, had a lot of other issues going on. This team doesn't seem to have that, and if there's any game you got to be motivated for, it's got to be a top-ten team coming into your building when your building's going to be full from the start, and it's quite clearly the most important game of Maryland season, at least in those optics. So maybe it's not bad to have this game right after your worst performance of the season. I don't know.
1: If it, if it can serve as a wake-up call, then... Sure, but it looked like Maryland kind of sleptwalked. so who knows?
0: You would hope something would wake them up. I mean, they're not going to have the attendance issue that Maryland had at the start of the Purdue game until halftime, I guess. And Lamar, I mean, do you think that that's a good thing about this game is that it is such a big opponent, it's such an important game, it's a national network TV game, building's going to be sold out before the fall tips? You know, is that in a, a good thing for this team after you play your worst game of the season?
2: Uh, the... Having the stadium full is absolutely going to be a good thing, but getting this game out of the way is uh, catch-22 in a sense, because like, you want... It's it's good that it was like not one of these last two games uh, where they just came out with no effort, but at the same time, you want to see some consistency heading into the tournaments where like... And it's one and done. If you lose, you're gone. And,
0: of course, especially because this style is terrible in tournaments. If you play like this, you're going to lose.
2: Yeah, you have to, like, it would have been nice to see them develop some consistency heading into these last couple games. But and in, in the other sense, it's like, yeah, at least it was this one and not one of these last two.
0: I mean, again, maybe it would have helped if Minnesota was the game before Michigan, but we will see how those games play out. It's getting weird. It's Sunday, Friday. So we think that it can't get worse, but it's Maryland basketball. Maybe it can. I hope not. Uh, let's swiftly focus to the women, Thomas, and they had an interesting week, including being down seven in the final minute and still winning which seems preposterous as it actually was when they beat Minnesota. And then they didn't play well against Purdue and somehow managed to win. And because Iowa lost to Indiana, if they beat, I believe it's Illinois, they are going to win the big 10 regular season title again.
1: Yep. And Illinois is in last place. And so, Illinois, it's
0: not very good. This is not like the, the other Illinois.
1: The reversal of fortune on Thursday night is really just absurd.
0: Like, they were playing really poorly. I was tracking that game. I couldn't watch it, but I was tracking I'm going, like, I thought this was Maryland in early January. I thought they had gotten past that. And it looked like a couple of players from Minnesota were just outright dominating, and Maryland didn't have any answers. And it was about, like, a 10-point lead with, like, two minutes to go. I said, okay, I'm going to go do something else. Don't want to really see the end of this because I'm assuming Maryland's going to lose. And then... I hadn't paid attention, and I was watching Scott Van Pelt on SportsCenter, and he let off SportsCenter with it, and I'm like, Maryland came back?
1: Yeah, it was it was just absurd because they were down by as many as 16 in the third, and, you know, obviously down seven with 50 seconds left. And, you know, here we are, you know, we're trying to put a gamer out.
0: And it's the worst thing that happened on the
1: deadline. Oh, oh, I mean, because here's the thing is if it goes into overtime, you have time to watch overtime play out and, you know, rewrite the top of what you have and, you know, figure things out. But Maryland, they tied it with six seconds left and then stole the inbounds pass. And Kyla Charles came down with it, drove all the way down the floor, laid it in. And all of a sudden, that's the game. <laughs> and now we got to get it out. So that it's really bad for, for, for writers. When when a comeback like that happens, but it's just absurd. Though, and no, it's the beautifully absurd kind of thing that you want to happen in your team's favor in sports.
0: It is a crazy result, and this was after that loss to Iowa, and you know Maryland had responded well from losses previous. Even if they hadn't played their best, they had started to win. Uh, and then for a while it didn't look like they were going to. And then against Purdue on Monday night, they played kind of similarly. They were really sluggish for a while. Nothing was seeming to work for them until the fourth quarter, and then it did. (laughs) And then they won. But then Purdue almost hit a ridiculous shot at the buzzer to tie it. And you're like, shouldn't Maryland not be playing these kinds of weird, random close games where they don't play well, have their one run, take the lead, and then still almost find a way to lose, or in this case go to overtime?
1: So I think we can't you know, we we do have to mention Maryland played that game in most of Minnesota without Brianna Fraser. This is true. Maryland played that Purdue who's, game with eight plus the one who is the one senior on the team and is kinda status of, still up in the air a little bit for senior day, which that would be a letdown. Um, but she's been very, very solid for Maryland. She's not playing a ton. I think she's playing 17 to 17, twenty minutes a game that, that sort of range normally. Um sort of splitting off with Shakira Austin at def- the She's been steady and consistent on a, a very young team full of individual players who kinda are on and off. And without her down low, if if, if Maryland players get into foul trouble, it's it's really tough. And that was on display against minnesota and was on display against purdue
0: it definitely was now you would think you just want her healthy for the big 10 tournament which is a friday saturday sunday affair next week which would give her time to heal uh i don't remember the exact bracket and who would be but then obviously if they're the one that it's eight nine and then michigan i think was the fourth seed if they win it's hard to track that bracket going forward but i mean even after they lost that game to iowa because iowa lost to indiana a team maryland beat by like 20 on the road they still have a chance to win a big 10 title this year and while they were expected to do it the way that it ended up happening is a bit of a surprise right because they ran through non-conference they destroyed south carolina on the road who had their ups and downs and is better now than they were then they lost to rutgers They lost at Michigan State and played really poorly. They didn't play particularly well until then they flipped the switch, and then they lose in Iowa, and then you have these two games. So it's been kind of a weird up-and-down season. But still, Maryland is about to perhaps win the conference title regular season again for, what is it, like the fourth time since they joined the conference? They've been a one or two seed every year in the Big Ten tournament since they joined the conference, which is incredibly crazy when you think about it.
1: Yeah, and they've just been able to win in so many different ways. And I, I would say that's a testament to Brenda freeze This is a young team. They've had a lot of off nights, and they've been able to still win games. Even You know, they're not 100%. Maybe, you know, players are in foul trouble. Their best players are having off nights. Kyla Charles has been really consistent, except in Maryland's couple of losses. You know, those are the three games she's been in single digits. Every other game she's been very, very, very good. And she's in, you know, player of the year, na- you know, national watch lists for a reason. And they've they've shown a lot. Even, you know, the upside is pretty clearly there. I'm not really sure what the what the ceiling is or what the realistic expectation is going forward, but it'll be interesting to find out.
0: I think Sweet 16 is pretty reasonable depending on the region they get. They're being bracketed right now by Charlie Cream as a three-seed, which seems reasonable, although the Big Ten has been completely uh, ignored in many ways by the selection committee in recent years. It's been absolutely trashed, so who knows? Maybe Maryland gets a two if they run the table. I I guess that's possible, but who knows? They're going to have home games in College Park. I think a Sweet 16 is a reasonable expectation. If they get a two, maybe the Elite Eight. This is not the full version of this team, though, right, Thomas? I mean, they've got an insane recruiting class coming in. And next year, a lot of these players are going to be one year older. Next year is the year that many people think is going to be the real big year for this group.
1: Yeah, next year is kind of the year that you circle. You know, they only lose one player from this year's team. And they gain, you know, several high, you know, really, really highly rated recruits, including a point guard, which has been sort of the one little bit of a hole in this year's team.
0: They don't have a ton of depth. Last year, they didn't have a ton of depth. They might have a rotation that goes at best 10 deep. So, They're they're still doing what they do, even though this is not a complete team. Last year, they were the second best team in the Big Ten with not being a complete team and losing a lot of players. This year, they're probably the best team in the Big Ten with that. It's amazing to think about the consistency that Brenda Fries' program has. Mea culpa, by the way. While we had a little recording snafu, we realized that Trace Ramsey was not actually in the game last night which must have been a hallucination of mine because I could have sworn he was in the game. But then again, that game was so bad that, you know what? Maybe Chuck Mitchell appeared, and I would have bought it because that game was so bad I wasn't actually thinking straight.
1: Did you see Nick Faust last,
0: last night?
1: He no, was I incredible.
0: I would have possibly seen Terrell Stoglin.
2: <laughs> Saw Steve Blake for a little bit.
0: Well, that would have so been had a of if Steve Blake showed up. P. Oh. Howard?
2: Jared Nickens.
0: I'm just going to say random names now of people. Varun Ram might have shown up, too. Just random names of people <laughs> we thought could have shown up in that game. Reese Mona did I saw
2: die. Jared Nickens doing the running man right at the half court, and I was like, oh, man, someone should file a lawsuit for that man.
0: Oh, boy. That was, uh, that was a hell of a game. Mea Culpa, that was my fault, and I led those other two. But Lamar turned out to be right, so uh, you, can, you can give him the stick tap on Twitter if you want to do that. Uh, there are other happy sports things to talk about uh, in Maryland land. Thomas and uh, hey, the women's lacrosse team finally beat North Carolina. Amazing, right? They actually beat them for the first time in what? Ever? Seems like ever.
1: Well, they did it uh, two years ago in the regular season at home. Just doesn't
0: feel like they do it that often. It doesn't feel no like, a team that
1: always beats. It doesn't feel like it was that often. They've had you know, well, when a team does beat Maryland, it usually is North Carolina. Is 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 kind of the bomb, and. UNC just made a real a real charge in that game. Just dominated the first half. And UNC came out of halftime, you know, firing on all cylinders, turned a nine four deficit into a twelve eleven lead, and then the game kinda went slowly back and forth. The goalies on both sides really stepped up their games and it was it was so Well, because North Carolina was just destroying them on the draw controls. But the defense was just good enough to make the game even somehow. And it was Caroline Steele who picked up the draw in double overtime. She had been injured in regulation and had sort of hobbled off the the field. But she came back, I think, in the first overtime and ended up netting the winner to start the second overtime
0: absolutely great that game was actually at maryland stadium they don't often play the women's games in maryland stadium or maybe they do now more than they used to so
1: this year this year i i we might have talked about it on the show but they are renovating the field hockey and lacrosse complex so they're gonna play they were going to play some games of ludwig i think that might be off but at least all all weekend games are going to be at maryland stadium okay
0: because that was at least a big enough game where you might want to play it there because it is the two- yeah
1: they have they they had UNC at, at the stadium, a, a couple different times, and actually that game was the highest attendance for an on-campus, uh, women's lacrosse game in, the country ever.
0: In the a country ever,
1: yes. Do you know what the number was? It was just shy of four thousand.
0: That's still pretty good. I mean, again, it doesn't sound like a lot, but you have to think about the scale of women's lacrosse in comparison to other sports. And Maryland is the preeminent women's
1: lacrosse school.
0: So that's still pretty Yeah, I
1: mean, cool. and they, they will fill up, you know, the complex, but the complex is only like 3500 It's not big. Yeah. I think most
0: of you know that, but just in case you don't. Because when you watch those games on TV and you see it looks really empty, but that's not, you know, a control of them. That's the sport but that's the kind of game that you'd fill up and it was a it was a great game it was on btn it was a lot of fun to watch a little bit and the men's team is just you know doing its thing still
1: yeah well there were there were a couple uh dramatic finishes early in the year they had to go to overtime against penn who who wasn't i don't i still think isn't ranked but they've they've started to hit their stride they uh cruised past a, a decent navy team And they have a chance if they beat Notre Dame this weekend to be number one in the country because uh, Loyola lost to Towson this week. So it's been it's been a
0: Maryland thing you just said right there.
1: Yes, yeah, and it's been a very weird uh, start to the season for the cross. You know, all the all the teams that were ranked like top five except Maryland have lost you know all the preseason top five teams i think and and maryland's had its scares as well but it's been you know it's unscathed so far
0: yeah high point beat like syracuse and duke already or no it was virginia i don't remember who high point beat. they beat a
1: high point beat duke i know that much
0: okay I, i was thinking like they beat somebody i can't remember who exactly it was but they beat some some players some teams i can't exactly remember who it is but i think yeah you're right they play notre dame they've got unc later in the month John Tillman's doing the John Tillman thing he does where he schedules brutally hard every year before Big Ten play. So presumably they could be number one again. Yep. Just another day in Maryland Lacrosse. For now. Mm-hmm. More non revenue sports. Baseball's winning. That's a good thing.
1: Yes. So Maine, who came to College Park this weekend, is bad. They're very bad. They are, uh, I mean, they left the this- series oh said one of my roommates uh does maryland baseball network and he said they might be the worst college team he's ever seen so that's not that's not high praise um uh, but maryland swept him maryland took care of business is that low
0: bar i'm actually very curious now what is the worst college baseball team like
1: i don't know but but whatever it is you might have seen it uh over the weekend I, you watch, up Bob.
0: I have to be I have to be fair, but I am now morbidly curious about what is the worst college baseball team? And what does that look like?
2: Might have to tune into some main games.
1: <laughs> Do I have enough money? I don't, I don't know. For America East. I don't know if enough of them are. I mean, maybe the, the weird thing about Maryland, though, is that they then went to VCU on Tuesday and beat VCU and VCU event then, then turned around and beat number six, North Carolina later in the week. So Maryland now has a transitive top 10 win, but also doesn't have, you know, that at all. And the two wins over VCU have been close and it, it's, it's an interesting team It's showing some promise. You know, the, they were bad last year and then lost a lot. So it, expectations were pretty low for a lot of us, but they're showing a a decent amount of promise so far.
0: That's good to know. I have to admit I have not paid as much attention to Maryland baseball as I should. I think it was too soon for me for Maryland baseball net, but that's a discussion for another day. And what about softball?
1: Softball is still uh, doing some winning, which we haven't been saying a lot of in years. Nope. Um, no, they're they're nine and six. Uh, what a lot of that is is a they have a pretty deep pitching staff, and those pitchers are are performing well at a pretty high level. And the offense, which last year was just borderline inept, this year has several different players off to really hot starts, including two freshmen in the number one and four spots: Taylor Okada, a second baseman. Um, from you know, is has been plugged right into the leadoff spot. She's hitting 440, which is very very good. She actually leads all Division One freshmen so far. And who knows if she'll stay atop that leaderboard? Probably not. But that's it's a good list to be on top of.
0: Sounds it. And yeah, they haven't won a lot at all in recent years. I don't remember what their win total has been in recent years, but.
1: The year that I covered them, they were twelve and forty. I think so they're the, after that, they 75% won 11 games. Of the way there. They're yeah.
0: Last year they won
1: eighteen games. So, so halfway home already. Yep.
0: Spectacular.
1: the The schedule so far has not been great. They've only played a couple of, you know, NCAA tournament caliber teams and one top ten team that run ruled them aggressively.
0: Well, here's the thing: if you're not good, you don't exactly schedule brutal.
1: Yeah, that's, that's that's the secret.
0: It's the secret. It's called, it's how North Carolina State is going to be getting the NCAA tournament this year. Play a terrible non-conference schedule, be in the ACC, and then you get in. It's great.
1: Hey, they've got that. Anyway, this is not an NC State podcast. No, it is not. I don't need to defend them, but.
0: Who, Maryland, should be playing in the ACC Big Ten Challenge at some point in the future, but never will.
1: <laughs> anyway
0: final thing we should mention is uh, the story with the Chipotle fundraiser for, uh, I think it was the McNair Family Foundation, which was over the weekend. And I don't believe the players were allowed to go because of some arcane NCAA rule that is- So they powerful. could
1: go, but they could not promote the fundraiser with- So they- That's
0: just, wait, wait, Okay. Compl- so let me get this straight. They could go to the fundraiser, but they can't yes. talk about it. So there's going to be some NCAA suit that goes around and catches a player if they talked about it even to a friend, which is technically
1: promotion, I guess. So that's not true. They can they can talk to to friends, but what oh. they couldn't do was they well, couldn't post. Wait a minute. Post, Social media is all of your friends, right? They couldn't post the flyer itself on Twitter that's because just so bizarre. Yeah, the flyer was the thing you would present to you know the cashier and. Then thirty three percent of the found uh, the proceeds would go to the McNair Foundation.
0: Amateur and,
1: athletics, everybody. Yeah, and so they actually, for whatever reason, they were able to tweet like a different flyer that was not the ac- the actual flyer. So whatever. It was. So we, we tweeted the flyer ourselves and a few other journals. And it was a booming success. I wasn't there myself because I knew it was you know going to be a line. I didn't want Chipotle that bad, but. The line Anybody was all the way that, to, bad? like...
2: No, know I can actually smell Chipotle from my uh, apartment sometimes, so sometimes it'd be like that. Uh, sorry yeah.
0: about that one, Lamar. I, I'm sorry you have to deal with that such an injustice in your life.
1: Uh, so the line but... was all the way to, like, the the new Cava that's three restaurants over.
0: Well, I'm glad they know that they want to support the McNair Family Foundation. Yeah. That's good.
1: And And Mike Loxley was at the front, he paid for the first 790 in purchases.
0: That's pretty good. He wasn't allowed to it either, I don't think. Or was no, he?
1: No, he tweeted out the other uh, flyer.
0: Oh, okay.
2: So it seems like the problem with the flyer was uh, the Chipotle logo, but, you know... The NCAA
0: going to NCAA. Okay, of course. We've covered NCAA events. You're not allowed to bring, like, water bottles with the Aquafina logo on it down onto the floor. You have to drink them in NCAA-approved cups. And if you've ever been to any NCAA tournament events at, like, an arena, they cover all the ads and the banners are rolled up. At least when I went in Philly, they rolled up all the banners. It's amazingly arcane what you have to do. And so, yes, the presence of a Chipotle logo would obviously mean that a great fundraiser for a very important cause to so the Maryland football team would not be allowed to be advertised on Twitter because of a logo. Of
1: course. Yep. yep. The, it, is, it is nice to know that the way it transpired, it, it, you know that part didn't matter. It was, they still got a lot of business.
0: Well, that's what you want to say, obviously. And hmm. you, you would think that some of that business came in spite of the fact that the NCAA didn't let them advertise it on Twitter. But then they advertised it anyway because of that, which, you know, is what it is. So, I think that's it.
1: That is pretty much it. Uh, It looks... Maryland hasn't actually announced this, but the spring game looks like it'll be on April 27th, which is Maryland Day. So, already a pretty big day. That's actually... There's a men's and women's lacrosse doubleheader against in the stadium that day. Against Hopkins. So, it would have to be really early. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the spring game is usually at, like, noon or 1 or 2. And the, the women's game's at 4.30 and the men's game's at 7.30 that day.
0: Yeah, so they'll be able to get the football game in and then the lacrosse games after. And since everybody's already on campus, you might as well just jam them in.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it'll, you know, that's, that's a new thing. Um, I, 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 since I've been here, I don't think they've done the spring game on Maryland Day itself. It's usually been the week before, but it should be fun. I think it'll it'll probably help attendance. Not a ton could really hurt attendance. Do people go to the spring game? People do go this year is kind of weird because all of the freshman editions and the new quarterback edition will not be there, are not there because there are no early enrollees. so it's you know it's mostly just who's left over from last year.
0: And if you want to watch that, I guess that's good. It's not like Maryland's going to sell out at stadium for the spring game, unlike what you told me. Nebraska has done.
1: Mhm. And most SEC teams at least come close if they don't.
0: Well, again, sell and the it SEC out as well. it just means more, and they only care about football. They don't care about any of the other sports like we do usually. Depends on the school though. SEC is a good.
1: Basketball, they're a good softball. baseball, softball conference too.
0: Yeah, but, you know, they, they mostly exist for football. Except for Kentucky, which does not exist for football except for one year every, like, a decade. But, anyway. Uh, one more comment, because I was watching Nebraska-Michigan as we were recording this podcast. Uh, they have a player named Colin Castleton. You know, tall, lanky. I think he's a freshman. White guy. Those are the kind of players that always do well against Maryland. Watch out, and you, if you heard it here first, double-doubled on Sunday, career game for him, because that always happens against Maryland. I have to say it now.
1: Not like they can go much lower. We shall
0: see. <laughs> not like they're to go much lower. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this show where we've uh, been very mostly depressed. But, um, well, you know what? Could be worse. I could actually still like the Nats and then see Bryce Harper go to the Phillies after the day that I had yesterday. Which, I mean, I'm a Mets fan, so it's not like Bryce Harper going to the Phillies is a good thing. But how's it going down there? Y'all, y'all doing all right?
1: I am. I'm Okay. You know, I, I kinda of prepared for for this. Uh I do have to take I have a few pictures slash posters of Nats players and Harper's coming down this evening. You're not gonna set them on fire? No. You know, it, it's one of those I think I, I don't feel betrayed by this. I I just kinda wish it wasn't, you know, a division rival, but it happens.
0: How badly is he going to get booed when he comes back to Washington? Cause I, don't I, don't know. Ex- I
1: don't expect a, a, a booing at all.
0: Well, that's because there'll be mostly Phillies fans there and
1: they'll be cheering him. I think the Nats fans might cheer him once. But legitimately.
0: I, I have no idea. I mean, I, I think Mets fans booed Bryce Harper because he's Bryce Harper and now they'll probably boo him more. But I don't know. I, I don't know how Washington people... Oh, they'll
1: cheer like him that. once and then they'll boo him after that because he plays for the Phillies now. Uh, okay, I, I that's say. that's kind of where I, my guess. I but think we'll there's see. gonna be more booing than you think. <laughs> we'll see. It depends on what he says, what he says about like DC and all that. And the
0: Nats. Well, we'll we'll, we'll find out. He probably won't win as many playoff series in uh, in uh, Philly as he did in Washington, which is to say he didn't win any. So he probably won't win any in Philly either until Mike Trout shows up.
1: And we've gone off the.
0: <laughs> okay. Yes, we have. That is the end of this show. We will see you very soon for hopefully better basketball topics to talk about because uh, last night was pretty bad. But until then, of course, go toes